This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. I don't sound like Frank, do I? Again, again, he's not here. I hate him so much. He's on a cruise, so I'm pretending I'm Frank, and I'm joined in the studio by my good friend, Lorraine Flanagan. Hey, Charlie. How are you this morning? Wonderful. Thank, thank you. you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me well, on the show. Well, thanks for coming. I mean, oh. it's lonely here with nobody. Uh, I'm so glad you came to be my friend. Oh, uh, no problem. <laughs> Anytime, Charlie. Yeah. Well, Lorraine's been here before, so she's an old hand at this hanging out at the radio show with me. She's, <laughs> she is, a uh, put in quotes, retired master gardener. I am. Yeah. She's a blogger. She's a keen gardener. She's a <clears throat> traveler, man. This woman Woo! travels garden stuff all the time. Remember you Skyped us? Was that Singapore? Oh, my God. That was from Japan. Oh, Japan. Yeah, the Gardening World Cup in Japan. Yeah, that was Osaka. Great, yeah, that was great. It was really fun. <laughs> so, yeah, so Lorraine's been on the show from all over the world. Woo! And even you did that via rail train ride across. Oh, across the country. Across the country. You yes. checked in with us a few times. Starting the out, out west at Butchard Gardens and then traveling right across the country and ending up in Newfoundland. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> How fun that, that was exhausting. Too. Really? Yeah, but fun. Why? Fun. Why? I thought the train would be relaxing. It's in between the train. Yeah. Oh, in between, you had to do a lot of, like, PR stuff and media stuff. Well, just talking and walking through the gardens. Some of the gardens. Oh, huge. Well, huge and gorgeous, gorgeous too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. It was kind of May, yeah. So we started Good. the gardening season out west. Yeah, and follow ended, the weather. Kind yeah, of. exactly, huh. exactly. And uh, of course, Lorraine's going to be uh, again on uh, the road uh, next Saturday. Where will you be? I'm going to be at the Philadelphia Flowers Show, cool. which uh, opens next Saturday. So you're there for opening day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or the day before. They I'll have be the media. there the day before for the media tour. Uh, so kind of like Chelsea, they have the day before yes, for the media for the media and. I'm hoping to sort of do Facebook Live. So if you follow Lorraine Flanagan on City Gardening at Facebook, mm. then maybe you'll have a sneak peek on the Friday oh, during cool. the media tour. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so you'll walk with some with a camera and be able to, like you say, put it directly. Directly onto uh, Facebook. On stream it directly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. She's a techno Woo. geek, Woo. too. <laughs> if it Unbelievable. Works. If it works. All right. We'll chat more about that. Let's okay. get the phone numbers out there because, you know, we do want to hear from others. We do. We have people listening who might have questions. They might have some good stories they want to share. Yeah. They might want to hear more about some of your amazing travels or or maybe find out if you're organizing a tour and jump on your, your bus to Philadelphia, <laughs> which you're not doing. I know you're going on I'm your not. own. But however, give us a call if you're in the local uh, calling area. It's 416-360-0740. If you're long distance, it's one 866 740-4740. Okie doke. A couple of things coming up 
This Wednesday, March the 8th, 7.30 p.m., the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is hosting a general meeting uh, and free presentation entitled Happy Houseplants. There will be a representative from Sheridan Nurseries on site to present the Happy Houseplants um, speaking. Of course, refreshments are included. Guests are always welcome. And they meet at the Scarborough Village Community Centre on Kingston Road and Markham Road. Also this Wednesday, I'm at the <gasps> Riverdale, Riverdale Hort Society. Ah. And, of course, they meet at the Frankland Community Centre, 816 Logan Avenue, just south of the Danforth. Uh, 7 p.m., I am sp- it's a regular meeting with a flower show, and I will be speaking on great gardens with less water. Whoa, that's great, yeah, actually. Yeah. Heather Sinopoli, the uh, president, asked me specifically to speak on that topic yeah. after the summer we had this super So droughty. dry. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, week Monday, the Asian Court Garden Club is hosting their meeting, 8 o'clock, Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland at Shepherd in Toronto. The guest speaker is Wolfgang Bonham, speaking on the gardens of Thailand. Oh! He's another one of those traveler people. Oh, there are some fabulous gardens in Thailand. Yeah, and he's definitely been there more than once. (laughs) Okay, there's also a seed exchange, lots of fun, and a dessert and coffee table, free parking, can't go wrong. Guests always welcome, as usual. All right, quick break while we listen to some of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, I pressed the right button. We're all good. <laughs> We've got uh, technology down, Pat, I know. Here. Really? I, I really rely on Frank to do a lot of things. I, I don't tell him that, though. He might think that you know, he has an important role here. <laughs> We're fine without him. Uh, all right, we, are, we have on the line Jane calling us from Chatham. Good morning, Jane. Good morning. Um, I was wondering about diplodemias. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to propagate them? Oh, yeah, for sure, from cuttings. From cuttings? Yeah, what's your, what's your diplodenia looking like Looking right now? What does it look like? Has it got lots of green leaves? Uh, yes, it's got long, long stems, too. Okay, and you've got a nice sunny window, obviously. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. now with the days obviously longer, I mean, it's just, woo, bright this morning when I woke up. Oh, really Love sunny. Love it, yeah. and super bright day today. So with the longer days and the you know more intense sun, the plants are responding. So as we're getting that flush of growth... And, of course, we're watering a little more now with more sun. Uh, We could even be fertilizing starting now that it's March. You know, once every two weeks fertilizing our houseplants. You will see that you're going to get some real, you know, soft new shoots on that plant. And all you need to do is cut off, you know, four to six inch tip cuttings. Just make sure that you remove leaves Two sets of leaves because they're at the bottom of yeah, the stem. Yeah, at the bottom trailing, where yeah. we've made that cutting, and it's from the point where you've removed the leaves that the roots will come. So it's oh. just inserting that cut end either into a something like perlite or sand, or sometimes people will um, just put the the cuttings right into water, and eventually uh, roots will grow, and then it's potting them up. So would you put two or three stems in a pot? I or would. Just one. No, I would put a couple. Okay. It'll be a much better looking plant. Yeah. Ultimately, because you, you want that really full bushy, bushy look. And yeah. and quickly too. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. You want it to look great for the you know by May June you'll be putting yeah. it outside. Actually, you're in Chatham. You you might be outside before that. <laughs> I have daffodils almost blooming. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so can you actually see the bud? Like the flower buds have emerged, but they're I can not. See open. the bud. Oh wow. wow. What's yeah. the temperature in Chatham today? 
Uh, it's down around zero. Okay. And but last week was wonderful. Oh, last week was like June. Yeah. yeah. It was just nuts. So I've seen some green bulbs poking up, but I haven't seen any of the actual flower buds yeah. above oh, these ground. Yeah, around here. six inches tall. Wow. wow. <laughs> But but it, and it's gonna be cold tonight. So if anybody's yeah. worried and you know you don't want anything to get frosted off, if you've got any dry leaves kicking around, uh, consider sort of putting some piles of leaves around any of these very tender things that have come up early, oh, just okay. to protect and them it, a bit. Yeah, yeah and yeah. It, because it's I heard it's gonna be like minus twenty five in Peterborough tonight. Oh, and it's like minus ouch. fifteen I think here tonight. So I don't know what the Chatham outlook is for this evening, but it's I'm well below zero I would think. Yeah, no, we're just around zero. Okay, good. And then by a few, three or four days from now, it's going to be 50. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and pouring rain. So yeah. Yeah. happy spring. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your advice. Thanks for calling. All right. Take care of Chatham, as Frank would say. Uh, okay, well, um, let me give the numbers just to make sure everybody who wants to call is calling because we do have some open lines. Local number 416 360 0740 and long distance 1866 740 4740. And we have Helen on the line from Toronto. Good morning, Helen. Hi. I'm uh, I'm calling about an amaryllis. Mm-hmm. I've um over the years I've had a lot of different, you know, bulbs usually either given to me as a gift or I buy, but I buy just the kit, mm-hmm. which has got the the um, the pot, right. potting medium and everything. Yep. But this year I decided that I was going to try and keep it and um, nurture it and see if I could get it to rebloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if what I'm seeing is normal or not, but I've got white things. They look like little worms Ooh. coming up in the pot, which I believe are the roots. Oh. Uh, okay, so this is an amaryllis you planted this past Christmas, so in the last yeah, couple of no, months? No, 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 I, no I'm, I'm trying to get this to grow again, but no, no, I planted it in, in November, the end of November, and it right. bloomed. It bloomed yeah. I had gorgeous blooms. I had two Perfect. beautiful stalks on it. Um, and the flowers And now are I finished. have green leaves, Perfect. you know, gorgeous green leaves yeah. on it, and that's so you, all. Okay, so just to clarify, so and was this one that came in a kit, or is this one where you bought the bulb and then you bought no, soil? No, this one came in the kit. Right. So I planted it with the potting medium yeah, in sent. the pot that it it came in, and mm-hmm. then I I set that inside another heavier pot to give it stability. Mm-hmm. Good it, idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, very with those flowers. Exactly. Okay, so uh, all right now the white things are they actually moving? No, 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 no. Oh, no, yeah. I, I'm just telling. Yeah. Just, I guess, to try and explain to you what yeah. they look like. Look like roots. They look like they look like white worms, but they, if you touch them, they're they're um, hmm. they're 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 roots. That's one happy huh. amaryllis. Really, <laughs> it's going to jump out of that pot. I climb right out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and when you potted it, you did make sure that the bulb sits up about one third of the bulb is out of the soil, and yep. two thirds or half, roughly, is under the soil. So that's and it, right. And it still is. Yeah, and they, they usually will give you quite a small pot, which is what yeah. amaryllis like. They like it, it tight. Yeah. They want to be really cozy in yeah, there. Pot yeah. Pot well, it's cozy. Yeah. Pot yeah. So, so that's probably why you're seeing those roots. But that's good because that just means it's that much more stable in the pot and all those green leaves of course are absorbing sunshine making all kinds of wonderful energy carbohydrate storing that in the bulb 
for next year's flower. So it's all good. It's you know, well, it's not like what I'm not to be concerned about when because I thought okay maybe I just throw it out maybe this is ridiculous. Oh no 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 hold on to it and then yeah. as the weather gets better which maybe even next week <laughs> we, we'll be looking at taking plants like the amaryllis outside once we're frost free and allow it to grow all summer outside just tuck it into some spot shady half sun half shade sort of spot in your yard and let it be a green bushy plant all summer and at the end of august just put it away somewhere where it won't get any water and any light and just let it go dormant for eight or ten weeks before you wake it back up and, and do i leave it in the pot then yep yep leave it oh, in the pot the whole awesome. time don't don't even think about unpotting it well i'm thinking this will never go back in by the look <laughs> <laughs> well some and they'll set little baby bulbs too around the base right oh, little bulbils yeah. yeah little yeah. daughters will often grow so, so yeah would they grow visibly would i yep. see them you'll see them you might not see them this year but you'll see them eventually little little daughters that's what they <laughs> do right so uh yeah let it grow enjoy it well, okay, I, I just got concerned, and I thought, oh, well, maybe something's happening. Maybe I'll just pitch it, because this is crazy. It's not going to work. But if yeah. you're telling me this is healthy, this sounds... is good, then I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, it sounds... sounds like a really happy amaryllis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't move it then. I'll leave it where it is. It obviously must like where it is then. So, <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Let us know how that turns out. I will. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Have a good day. You too. All right, so let's... Pretty yeah. fun, eh? Are you having yeah. fun yet? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, you know what? I love amaryllis at this time of the year as well because, uh, I mean, usually people plot it up before Christmas mm-hmm. so that they have amaryllis at Christmas. I'm a little perverse. <laughs> and you just do it I pot. Yeah, I do. I ah. pot them up in January so that they're blooming in February, February. early March. Because don't we need flowers at this time of the we year? We sure do. And yeah. actually, I, speaking of flowers, I was just in my local Sheridan nursery yeah, yeah. this past week. And the, when you walk in the entrance, it was all bulbs. Oh, and it smelled amazing. It was fantastic. so cheerful, but all the hyacinths were all. I love yeah. the, the fragrance of hyacinths. So those were lovely as well. All right, we'll just take a very quick break and be right back. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right. And we're still here. I was going to say, we're back. And look at what we've got happening here. Jane, who called, or was our first caller, has called back from Chatham. And I didn't even mention our mantra, which Whoa. is call early, call often, one question per caller. So she's fulfilling the mantra. Welcome back, Jane. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Take advantage of that, those open lines. Yeah, last week, you mentioned something about Spraying plants with salt and water. I have always used water and dishwashing soap to get Uh, rid of little bugs that are at the stem, little white spots. Yes, but I wouldn't... Did did you say I I said to use salt and water? No. It might have been soap. Soap and water. I changed it. My phone. What did you just say? I'm Uh, sorry. Yeah, did you... Uh, soap and water I might have spoken about last week. I'm just trying to, I'm just looking back at last week. Uh, yeah, and, and I thought you might have said salt and water, but no, we never spray with salt. Oh, that's what I wondered. I okay. thought that's what you said. Okay. Okay, so soap and water. The thing about detergent is detergent will not kill bugs. Detergent okay. will wash your plants, make yeah. them nice and clean, <laughs> but it will not kill bugs. There are emulsifiers in detergent that are, is not in soap. And so the emulsifiers cause the this, this sudsy stuff 
to not stick to the bodies of the bugs. And it's the, we want the suds to stick to the bugs because that's how they get suffocated, is with, when their little bodies are coated in soap, they can't breathe. And so when you say soap, though, Charlie, what are you talking it's about? It's got to be dish, real soap. Well, it could be dish, dish soap, dish but it's got to be soap and not detergent. And like a bar of soap? Will could, that work? Well, yeah. As long as it's soap. Yeah. Right? So, you know, um, what's out there that's typically so I mean, there's probably more and more soaps out there now than there used to be, just because there's a lot of those green products out on mm. the shelves these days. I mean, I always think of, can't, you know, I don't want to promote any one brand, but I always think of Ivory Snow. That was the classic soap because it wasn't detergent. Right. But you'd have to just read the package. And it's 40 to 1 is the mix. 40 water, par- 40 parts water, one part soap. But, but you're sh- talking about a liquid soap. Yep. Well, or, or, yeah, that'd be the easiest way to mix it up. I mean, you can also buy it mixed up for you on the shelf in any good garden center made by Safers, and it's called Safers Soap, and that's, that's mixed up for you. That's ready to go. And, again, following the directions, sprayed on the little bodies of the insects, they will die. Could you use a bath wash soap? Uh, again, as long as it's a soap. And I would, that's yeah. an interesting point, I mm-hmm. would recommend doing your spraying in the bathtub. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, you don't want to overspray onto furniture or curtains or anything like that. Yeah. Also, you do not want the plants in the sun when they are getting sprayed with soap. Uh, okay. Soap, is, it's amazing how hard it is on them. It, I've seen plants just turn black right before my very wow. eyes. Sprayed with soap on a sunny day. So make sure you're, they're in the shade. <laughs> and you don't have to rinse the soap off after. I would, yeah. Leave the soap oh. there for 20 minutes, half an hour, and then a clean, clean water rinse, and then back into the regular location in the window or wherever, wherever the plant was. And do this two or three times within, like, two, two weeks in between or something? It, it, or well, seven, depending on what insect it is you're trying to kill, uh, many insects have very quick generations as you point out so there's kind of a rule of thumb every seven to ten days you would spray you probably need to spray twice depending on what insect again you're trying to annihilate a little tiny white one right at the stem where the leaf comes out and does it have wings i don't i never see a bug i just see the little white spots oh Go ahead. No, well, I'm just wondering what you said about the different generations mm-hmm. of the bugs. It's also important to spray the soil around. In the surface, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there might under. be larvae, yeah, and under the leaves. Yeah, the entire Yeah, plant. really be really thorough. Exactly. Yeah. In order for soap to work, it's yeah. a thorough spraying that's yeah. required. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, if you're seeing little white spots, are the white spots the bugs or the white spots are the damage? No, um, my son said they are the bugs. Oh, okay. So they could be aphids if they're right on the tips, uh, if they don't have wings. If they do have wings, there's a you know, famous insect called white fly. looks like a fruit yeah. fly, but it's pure white. Yeah. flies around. And, yeah, they, their eggs are almost, almost clear, but they're on the underside of the leaves. Yeah, so again, just between the stem and where the leaf comes out. Yeah, so thorough yeah. spraying. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Thank Thanks. you very much. You're very welcome. Mm, bye-bye. All right. We're going to be best friends with Jane. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do we give out prizes? For, un- for what? Frequent? Multicolors? Yeah. <laughs> frequent flyers? Frequent, frequent colors. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we did, our lines would be jammed. <laughs> Here's the numbers quickly. For those of you that haven't put this into the speed dial on your phone yet, 416-360-0740 is the local number or long distance, one 866 Seven four zero forty seven forty, and we've got uh, who? Uh, Nihal Nihal is ca- is calling from Good Brampton. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Kali. How are you? I enjoy your show. Thank you. Okay, I have a question about the fruit trees. Mm-hmm. 
I have a couple of, hello? Yep, we're here. Yeah, I have uh, about five different fruit trees in my garden. Mm-hmm. And every year I have blemishes. And I remember when I called last time, you said uh, it's lime salsa and dormant oil is the time to, to spray. Mm-hmm. That's right. Is this the time to do that? Almost. It's a Almost. little cool. Okay, so he, the, here's what you need. Because, yeah, Lorraine was just saying a little cool still. Like today is too cool because, first of all, the temperature must be above zero. Above zero. And it yeah. must stay above zero for 24 hours after you spray. So this is where you watch your forecasts. So 24 hours of above zero temperature, no rain in the forecast for that same 24 hours, and preferably very little wind. Because when you're spraying with oil and lime sulfur, you you, you want a still day as possible so you can be as effective as possible with your spray. So next week, as uh, Helen mentioned, or maybe it was Jane mentioned, that it's going to be, you know, very, very warm. warm. It's going to be spring. It's yeah. going to be double digits here yeah. in the GTA, but I, it's going to be a lot of rain as far as I know. So you're just going to have to watch the temperatures. Okay. Is this okay for all fruit trees? Yes. I see. Well, and hold on. I Let me think. Back, this product was not really freely available in most of the garden centers. Is it now? Is so, it legalized? Sorry, what in the garden centers? Uh, no, no. The lime salsa and dormant oil is not a product that will sort of... Uh, uh, environmentally unfriendly. Oh, no, not at all. It's 100% organic. And it's completely available on the shelves. Uh, it is not held under lock and key because it is a very light horticultural oil. I mean, you could, you know, use it to cook your eggs. It's just a very light, you know, oil. And lime sulfur is just what it sounds like. It's lime and it's sulfur and it's mixed together and it smells like rotten eggs. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. So it's a liquid and you do follow all the instructions. Typically, you'll find... It should be in the stores now, whether it's a garden center or a home store of whatever kind. It'll be in a box, and the box will say dormant spray kit, and inside the box will be two bottles, an oil, a bottle of oil and a bottle of lime, lime sulfur, and you'll need a sprayer if you don't have one. Oh, yeah. Because you do take, you mix these two items together with water and spray. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I ask one more question? Um, technically not. <laughs> Remember what I said? <laughs> One question per caller, but you may call back. Thank you. <laughs> See? Told you. Sneaky. <laughs> Frank always says, Patrolman Proctor's going to pull you over Whoa. and give you a ticket. Whoa. His, son's, his son is a police officer, so he just pulls that off so well, you know, just comes naturally. <laughs> All right. Let's say hello to Elaine. She's calling from Mississauga. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Morning, ladies. Morning. Um, uh, I'm a first-time caller. Oh, oh, congratulations. We don't have a bell. Ding, 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 Frank ding, ding. took the bell yeah, with Frank, him. He took it on oh, holidays, I'm telling geez. you. The bell needed a break. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. You've got your garden wings even without the bell. Thank you. And I'm, I'm a beginning gardener, too, so nice. good I need those wings. <laughs> don't um, we all? I have two boxwoods mm-hmm. that I planted two years ago. And um, uh, I asked the nursery at the time, I said, the house is facing north, so would, they be, would, would it be good to plant them facing north? And they said that's, they're, they would be fine in that location. Mm-hmm. And um, so I planted them, and they also recommended some stuff called Parkwood Transplanter 515.5, and I used that. Mm-hmm. So they've survived two years, Great. and they're 
they look good and they're green and they're sturdy and healthy looking, um, but they're not growing. They're the same size um, as they were two years ago. So I'm wondering if the soil needs amending. When they when they were planted two years ago, was the soil amended at that time? I just planted them in the soil that was there, and it's kind of hard clay. Mm. Mm. That's probably what's going on. So remember that in order for the top part of the plant to grow, the roots have to grow because it does balance out. Mm-hmm. It is possible that in that heavy clay soil, there hasn't been a lot of root growth, which okay. is would be what's going on above ground. Not a lot of growth, but you know, boxwood do, do, can do well in a fairly clay soil because they do like a, that moisture that clay provides. Mm. Okay. I would, this spring, get myself, it's just two boxwood or you know, perhaps it's even a bigger garden, but for just the two boxwood alone, I'd probably get a, one bag which is usually about a 30-liter bag of composted manure. Okay. And I would gently rough up that soil, that existing soil, and just apply that composted manure on top of your existing soil. Again, very gently cultivate, not deep, because the roots tend to be quite shallow with boxwood. Okay. But, but you, you'll find that, you know, the, the manure will percolate its way down, the worms will come up and take it down. So um, you don't need to do a lot of digging, but uh, get that onto the boxwood. And is it possible, do you have like a maintenance person who looks after your garden at all, or do you do it all yourself? Mm, he just cuts the grass. Okay. Because I was going to say, is it possible that your staff have done some trimming on your boxwood and you didn't <laughs> no, know? No, they, they haven't touched it. Yeah, Nobody okay. touches right. it, no. Yeah, because you should see. Now, they're not fast growers. but They're not. They're slow. Yeah, yeah but there should, should be a tip. About an, yeah. inch, an inch a season. Yeah. Uh, what I was wondering, um, in November, the year I planted them, I put, uh, I also bought a big bag of um, wood chips. Mm-hmm. And I put it around the the bottom. And then in the spring, um, I was going to take it off. And my friend said, no, leave it on, leave it on. So I wondered if leaving those chips on in the summer maybe wasn't good for them. No, it's, it's fine. Actually, when particularly last summer when there was such a, an extreme drought uh-huh. going on, the wood chips helped keep weeds down, okay. helped keep moisture in the soil. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good thing. So they, that they have it again. So this spring, I don't have to take the wood chips away. No, no. Well, I, what I would do though is because you're going to get that manure, pull the wood chips away, put the manure around the plant, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, around the base of the plants, mm-hmm. put the chips back. Okay. But make sure that the chips do not touch the stems of the boxwood. Make sure that the wood chips are at least an inch or two and a half centimeters away from oh, the stems. Okay. So, but you want your chips to be, you know, five to ten centimeters deep, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so t- two to four inches deep. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. That, so you might have to get more chips. And that's probably why you're also not seeing a lot of growth. Whatever nutrition is in the soil, the nitrogen that helps the plant grow has been being utilized by the, by the microorganisms oh. that are breaking down the chips. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because that's that does happen. When when we don't see a lot of plant growth, we know that the the nutrient is not available to the plants. So oh, okay. definitely get that manure on and you'll see a big difference. But is it okay if I take the chips away anyway? Like yeah. if I just want to take them away? Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean a lot of people like the look. It's and the smell. Mm-hmm. And like I said, keeps the weeds down, keeps the moisture in, keeps the soil cool when it's hot, hot July weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but great idea to take them away in the spring. Consider re- putting them back uh, in place for June, July, August. Oh, okay. 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 Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Don't be a stranger.
Right? There First you time go. callers. Don't be a stranger. Coffee's always on. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, where's my coffee? Well, I Charlie? offered you coffee. You don't oh. even drink coffee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. All right. I think we better just do a very quick ba- break. When we come back, yeah. Lorraine's going to tell us a little bit more about what she's getting excited about to, that she's going to see at the Philadelphia Ooh. Flower Show next weekend. Woohoo! Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Lorraine is just giving me the backstory on the Philadelphia uh-huh. Flower Show. I have never been been to the show. I'm sorry to say, I'm sad to say, uh, but you said you've been three or four times. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. I really enjoy it. It's uh, give spo- us a little story on it because this is the oldest, the oldest flower show in North America. Absolutely, um, the Philadelphia. Um, Horticultural Society. Mm-hmm. Um, 1829. Oh, my God. Well, I don't remember that far back. No. No, old, I didn't go that to old. that first show. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> it's been going on for a long, long time. And honestly, the Hort Society um, members actually grow some phenomenal plants to put oh. in. So there's actually a flower show right. part of it so that you can enter your clivia or right. whatever like you have. The competitive aspect, yes, right? There's, exactly, okay. and yeah. there and those those are phenomenal. Mm. And then there's the other section, which is the landscapes. designers, the landscapes, yeah, yeah. the display gardens. Mm. And this year, the theme is Holland. Mm-hmm. So there are some phenomenal designers um, that are showing at this year's show. They're going to do this ecodome thing. Right. This is um, the designer here is Nico Wiesing, who I. I met in Holland when I was there a couple of years ago. He is like Mr. Sustainability. Oh, neat. Really, really, yeah, interesting. He uses all sort of um, eco-friendly materials, and his planting plants are gorgeous. So that's one garden that I'm really looking forward to seeing. I bet. So, I mean... How would that happen? Would they would they have invited him to come to yes. put this in? Yeah, right. they would have, and they and would have supported him financially to do it. Obviously, well, I, I think, think they I think they do, mm-hmm. but I think also um, the government of Holland has been mm-hmm. involved as well Probably. and are sponsoring um, a lot of the designers in this show as well. Do you so. anticipate seeing a few bulbs? I think there might be one or two tulips to tiptoe through, <laughs> and maybe a windmill or two yeah, as well. And yeah. Maybe a few wooden shoes. Maybe. Too. Oh, I'm t- I'm bringing my own. You <laughs> and they're so comfortable. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's quite a big show, and and there's it's a lot huge. going on. So they've got plant societies set up. They've got ex- exhibition, uh, so competitive, and they've got. Just exhibitors that are not competing. Uh, then there's, you know, like I say, the landscapes that you're quite excited about, and that's yeah. usually the best, right? That's the, oh, that's where you. 
They're knockouts. They really are. And you walk into these gardens. You walk in. Well, some of them you can't walk into. It's like the Chelsea Flower Show where you can't walk in. Where it's all out. Yeah, Yeah, it's outdoors. This one is indoors, of course. But, um, yeah, generally you can walk all around it, though, Mm. um, and take a really good look. And they're very, very creative. These are world-class designers. Designers. And really, the designers from Holland are leading Uh, edge. I was going to say, cutting edge all the way. Really, really. Absolutely. They're just, whether it's, you know, horticulture, they're definitely cutting edge. But then, yeah, exactly, like design and some of the innovative techniques and products that they're using. Products. Oh, environmentally friendly products. Just just amazing. But some of the other things that happen at the show, which I did last time I was there, they have these make and take sort of sessions and workshops. So you can go and, you know, make a floral fascinator for your (laughs) hair if you want. That sounds like that'd be right up your alley. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a fun show. And Uh you can learn a lot, too, because they have, of course, lectures and talks um, ongoing throughout the show. I see they have wine tastings. Oh, Oh, I didn't see that. Make and take. They're world There's make and take. Yeah. Yeah. There's a garden spa, which is brand new this year. All right. Well, I expect to get a a report report from you. Okay. Now, whether we'll get a live report from you next week from the show Mm -hmm. or whether we'll get you to report the following week when you're back. You'll let me know. Okay. I'll let your listeners know. Thank you. Because we're all going to be on the edges of our seats just wanting to know, how did it go in Philadelphia? (laughs) And, of course, next week, uh, Wayne Gale is going to be here. Keeping ah. me company. He's the president of Stokes Seeds. Oh, fabulous. And Stokes is one of the sponsors of the show. And I just thought it's a great time to let's talk seeds. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And Wayne's going to fill us in on some of the new varieties that are designed specially for the balcony gardener. Yeah. Uh, who's looking for dwarf vegetables, for example. Nice. Or, you know, good container uh, seeds to, to grow, as mm-hmm. well as, you know, the more traditional garden plants mm-hmm. that are cutting edge. Because, you know, Stokes, they're always testing and trying. They really are. Yeah. yeah they have some uh, fabulous trial gardens mm-hmm. there. Yeah, they Catherine's, yeah. I do. I've seen them. Uh, Okay, I think we have a minute or two here. Let's go. We've got more than a minute or two. Oh, we lost John. Oh, no. Who was on the line. Oh, no. And I guess he got tired of listening to us, or maybe he had to go do something. But in the meantime, let's talk to Mary in Brampton. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Uh, Question, Clamatis. I planted it last year, didn't do anything, and my husband was very upset. Uh, What's the the care of uh, Clamatis to get it started? Leave it alone. Okay. That's the care. <laughs> Over my years of helping and, you know, working retail and obviously doing the radio show, I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, I planted my clematis, it didn't do anything. So I moved it over here, and it didn't do anything. So I moved it over there, and it didn't do anything. And I go, leave it alone. <laughs> it well, wants to be alone? <laughs> it, well, it just, it won't do anything. For the first two years, it does absolutely oh. nothing. And suddenly in the third year, it'll take off. Okay, just so don't. I fertilize it a, a little bit or what? In the spring, yep. It should be in a good soil, you know, good, fertile, well-drained soil. So amending with compost, composted manure, good idea. Uh, flowering plant fertilizer, again, in the spring. Uh, trimming it back. Yeah, pay. I know. I have the support all set. Yeah, and, it, you know, if it, it did grow a little bit probably, or, or maybe it didn't, but bottom line is if it's a, one of those big flowering clematis with the star-shaped flowers, yeah, you want to well, cut it down to about four inches tall right. in the spring. Yeah. And then, again, just don't transplant it. Yeah. Leave it alone. Hopefully it's growing into the sun, which is what it wants. There's, I hope so. It's very discouraging when nothing's going on. Oh, don't be discouraged. Oh, no, no because don't. you know what? You may not see what's going on because it's all going on under the ground because. Mm-hmm. 
because the roots are actually getting established. Getting established, yeah. exactly. Well, I'm glad somebody's doing something. <laughs> so somebody else can have your expertise. <laughs> patience, my dear, patience. It will be fine. Okay, and, fine. and we always say clematis. It wants its head in the sun and its and feet roots. in the oh. shade or roots. Mm, okay. Yeah, so top goes into the sun. Roots need to be a bit shaded just to keep it. that in okay, mind. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for calling, Mary, and be patient. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, I know. There's Gardner's, John. John's after. Okay. Oh, good. Good morning, John. Are you there? John? Hello. Hello. Good morning. Oh, there. Sorry, I had to had to take a call on the landline. No worries. Thanks. Anyway, I am a first time caller. Oh, welcome. Okay. Ding 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 There's ding ding ding. <laughs> and you get your little wings. Yeah. yeah. Frank, little man, he took wings. the bell. What can I say? <laughs> Bells on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, uh, we were just talking about bulbs, uh-huh. and that's what I'm calling about. I, uh, over the winter, a uh, friend of ours uh, has given us numerous, uh, like, forest tulips and daffodils and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, what do I do with the bulbs? Can I save them? or? Um, well, what, okay, so they finished flowering, and yeah. you've continued to water them, and they have green leaves still? Yes. Good. So as long as you can keep them alive as green plants, which typically goes on yeah, six or eight or even ten weeks beyond flowering, but right. you don't just keep them soggy wet. You just water when they dry, and slowly but surely the leaves start to turn more and more yellow. Less and less water is required, of course, as the leaves are turning yellow. Eventually, the, the bulbs just go completely dormant. And then right. I just stick them in a corner somewhere and forget about them. Uh, then your chance to do something with them is once you're out in the garden and the soil is all thawed and you're moving things around and planting things, get those bulbs out into your garden in a spot where the sun will shine on them next spring and they will come up and bloom for you. Yep. Oh, okay, that's yeah. terrific. I find under great. trees is great. Trees when the leaves... Or shrubs yeah, or something like yeah, that. Something yeah, something where, the, mm-hmm. you know, it's sunny in the spring, but then it gets shadier once the leaves come out. It can be quite effective. Just make sure it's a well-drained, sunny spot and enjoy them for many, many years. Oh, super. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Thank you for your call. Uh, Sebastian, do we have to take a break? We do. All right, let's do a final break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty. Aha. Thanks for coming, Lorraine. Oh, it's been fun. It's It's not over, is it? No, no, not yet. We've got a couple more callers. Good, great. Okay, Ellen's on the line from Brantford. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. I'm calling about seeds, specifically foxglove. Mm-hmm. Um, when I planted everything yesterday in my, my light bench, um, I realized that it said foxgloves should only be at 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Everything in the light table is, is uh, warmer than that. Mm-hmm. So I took those guys out and put them on a windowsill. Mm-hmm. The temperature on the windowsill is 64 degrees, which I think will Close be okay. Yeah. Close but what do I do about light? Oh, until the seeds grow, you don't need light. The lights okay. that you've got your seeds under right now are actually a good thing because they're providing some warmth to the seed, mm-hmm. and many seeds will grow or germinate more quickly when they're kept warm. But mm-hmm. as you point out, foxglove or digitalis doesn't like the warmth for germination. They want the cool. So what you've done is brilliant. No, it's a good idea. 
Okay, that's all I need. Yeah, and once those seeds start to grow, once you see the little green sprouts starting to come up, the windowsill might be enough light, or you might want to then move the the foxglove over to the lights where you've got more control of how many hours of light and intensity. So, oh, so once we get, like, the two seed leaves, they're okay under the lights. Oh, yeah. As yeah. soon as you start to see a little green, you just move them right under the lights. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Thanks okay. for calling. Bye-bye. Bye. So, you know, I teach at Humber College, eh? and this yeah. is something that we were just discussing with my class right? this past week. Yeah. Because we've been talking about propagation by, obviously, seeds and also by asexual propagation, you know, cuttings, et cetera. Right, because this and, is a great time of the year to uh, be doing both of those things. Right. So we did a bunch of planting this past Wednesday. They spent oh. a good hour and a half taking cuttings and doing some division and then yeah, all yeah. kinds of seeds were planted so everybody's excited to see what comes up in there. Reading the packages because that's what it's all about. Read yeah. the package. It's so important. Every seed is a little bit different what it wants. It's not like buying a piece of technology and not reading the manual which I never do. True. I just press <laughs> buttons and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but with the seed packet it's important to read the package. First. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Read before you plan. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's see if we can talk very quickly to Donna, who's calling from Guelph. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Excellent. Good. I'm just calling about my grass. Mm-hmm. Last year, um, it got really badly burned. Mm-hmm. My house is like on a bit of a hill, so the water tends to run down, and the area that I'm speaking of is at the top. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to know is, now a good time to address that with new seed or or just what should I do with it to kind of get a jump on grass growing in that area in the spring? Okay, so technically you could put grass seed out now and it will just sit and wait until the conditions are are ripe. So Mm -hmm. the temperatures are right, the moisture levels are right, the grass seed will grow. The challenge is that it's that hill. If Mm -hmm. we have some very torrential rain, that grass seed could wash down the hill and then grow like crazy down at the bottom and not up at the top. (laughs) Oh, that's not good. Yes. So I'd probably wait in your case. I'd wait till we're into a little more consistent spring. So it might be Mm -hmm. a, a good month from now. Then, again, watch your, your forecast. When you see a big rain, preferably a soft rain, not a, not a heavy rain coming, mm-hmm. be ready to go out there and get that seed down just prior to a, to a big rain event. That's what I would do. And do I have to clear off the dead grass yes, first? Yes, yes. Everybody, that's the first thing we do in the spring. If you've got lawn, you need to have a fan rake, and we get mm-hmm. out and we rake out all the dead stuff as our biggest priority as soon as the soil is dry enough to get walking on it. You know, okay. Lines. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling. All right. That's there we it. Go. No more oh. callers. Oh. We have a minute left. Oh. And um, all right. So how are you getting down to Philadelphia? I am flying. Oh, yes, nice. on an airplane. And you're there yeah, for a couple yeah, yeah. days. I'm there. I I arrive on. Uh, Thursday afternoon, mm-hmm. and there's a media event on Thursday, mm-hmm. and then I'm there Friday, Saturday, and then I come back on Sunday oh, too. Nice. Because I, there's so much to do at that I show bet, that bet. you need a whole lot of time to really see. So it. yeah, so it opens to the public um, on Saturday, mm-hmm. and like a week today, yeah, as yeah. a matter of fact, and it goes until the following weekend. Right. So it's like a ten day show. Yeah. So for people that want to see where you are, because you like you said, oh. you're gonna be walking with a camera, tell yeah. us how to follow how can we follow you? Okay. So you look for Lorraine Flanagan on City Gardening on Facebook. Okay, so go to so just, you yeah, don't have to, to Facebook. Even have a Facebook yourself. Just go to Facebook. Just go to Facebook and then look for Lorraine Flanagan F L A N I G A N. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And 
at on City Gardening, on City and Gardening. City Gardening is all one word. Perfect. Or just type in City Gardening, and you should be able yeah, to pull up. me up as well. Uh-huh. Because I am going to be trying to broadcast live on Facebook. Nice. Well, we'll be following you and hunting you while you're there. Oh! <laughs> nice. Okay. Thanks again for coming, Lorraine. Thank it's you. Been it's been great. All right. Thank Take you, it Charlie. Easy. And thanks, Sebastian. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.